This show was first broadcast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM, thanks to New Zealand On Air. I'm Pastor Dan Yazel, welcoming you to Grace Notes, an outreach of North Taranaki Methodist Parish. I invite you to sit back and relax, grab a cuppa, and listen. May God surprise us and bless us in this moment. Hello and welcome to Grace Notes. Thank you for tuning in. Today is first Sunday in Lent. It is a season for us to prepare a long journey to make it from Ash Wednesday through the Sundays of Easter to the good news of resurrection on Easter. We'll hear of the very human side of Jesus being tempted. Thank you again for joining in.
first reading comes from the Hebrew Scriptures, the book of Psalms. I'll be reading verses from Psalm 91, verses 1 to 2, and then 9 to 16. Let's listen. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the Most High your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. No scourge come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and serpent. You will trample underfoot. Those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. Here ends our first reading. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me Let me stand. I am tired. I am weak. I am
Our second reading, our New Testament lesson is from Luke. Jesus has just been baptized, claimed by God as a beloved son. Now, in what seems to be quite a harsh turn, Jesus is flung into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to discover, to decide, to discern how he will live as God's own child. Let's listen for Luke's word, and may we hear God's word to us. I'm reading from Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 13. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. Here ends our reading. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. God of calling and comfort, God of grace and judgment, humbly we pray, send your Holy Spirit that we might see and hear. May we understand. Bless us with grace upon grace this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, today is the first Sunday in Lent. Now, the word Lent comes from a Latin word meaning the lengthening of days that occurs in the spring. Now, here in the Southern Hemisphere, days are getting shorter, so it doesn't translate quite as well. I think most of us, you know, perhaps don't think of Lent as this time when we get more sunlight, but it is a time when people consider giving up something for God. Now, when I was younger, I was always a little bit confused by this Lent season. It sounded to me like somehow we had, as church people, borrowed something from God, uh, and that you know, now it was time to give it up or to give back what they had been 
Lent. It is funny how words can lose their focus and their meaning. I'd seen a cartoon not too long ago where one person turned to the other and asked, what are you going to give up for Lent? Light or dark chocolate? Some people will always try to see how little they can get by with, you know, with their faith. But the season of Lent is and can be one of the richest and most meaningful times in the whole of the church year. Lent can be a sacred pilgrimage of faith in which we get prepared and we get repaired in our souls in anticipation of Easter. If we choose it, if we let it, it can be a time for reflection, repentance, and renewal, essential for spiritual growth, essential for vitality. It's a test for us each Lent. What will we do? What will we do with the season? Lent can be a time of grace. It can be a time to begin again with God, for truly no one is so far from God that they're not welcome again in the family of faith. Sometimes people do think, and they say out loud, that they're beyond hope, that their faith is too small, and that their spirits are too dry, and that their sins are too great for even God to give them another chance. But in Lent, God searches for us and brings us back into the family of God. That being searched for, that being found, that coming back changed, it's all a journey. Each one of us is on a journey with God. Now, journeying is often used as an image to describe the changes we as people of faith encounter in our lives as we come to see God in new ways. We've changed. We're journeying. Now, that means things can't be static or unchanging. Some people uh, will have been to an Ash Wednesday service and may have been marked with the sign of a cross in dust, a sign of our mortality, and heard those ancient words again, from dust we come and to dust we return. In Jesus' journey and on our journeys, Sometimes we enter times of bewilderment, times of temptation. There are, for all of us, times of feeling in the wilderness. But it's in the wilderness that we can come to see the depth and the power of God's covenant promise to each one of us. Now, just before this time of temptation for Jesus, he's heard the word directly from God. And a dove came down and said, You are my beloved son, as he comes up out of the water at his baptism. But it is only after he goes into the wilderness that he really is going to know what that means for him to be God's son. And that's where we are with our text today. Now, it does seem like quite a jolt from Jesus going from this ecstatic moment a baptism, to then being thrown out into the wilderness. And the Greek is really quite clear about it, that Jesus, he wasn't just in need of some kind of spiritual retreat, that he should go out and enjoy some time in the woods. 
he was literally flung out, thrown into the wilderness by that same spirit that assured him that he was God's very own. So even Jesus, or especially Jesus, is subject to the testing and the temptations of what God is calling us to do and become. Now consider Jesus' journey to this point and and look at our own lives. How often do we feel that in one moment we are on top of the world? We can see everything clearly. It's all going right. And then suddenly something comes crashing in and we are tested with some personal crisis or some financial problem or some overwhelming doubt. How often do we find ourselves shaking our heads and wondering, how is it, how could it be that things have changed so quickly? In the Jordan, Jesus realized that God had chosen him to be the Messiah, the long-promised one. And in the wilderness, he comes to see what that means, what the true Messiah must be and must do. As we consider the temptations before Jesus, it might seem that what he faced in no way reflects the temptations that we may face. And yet, with every temptation, there is the same underlying tension, and the tension is to treat God as less than God and to treat ourselves as something more than human. It was real for Jesus, and it is real for us. Now, someone has said that Jesus was driven into the heart of the Holy Spirit to spend those 40 days figuring out what it's like, what it's meant to be Jesus. And that's not a bad way to consider how we spend our Lent this year, trying to figure out who we are or for whom or for what we will live. From the Gospel, we conclude to be like Jesus means to be unwilling to give in the temptation to live simply for ourselves. Jesus knows more profoundly than we'll ever grasp that human life is meant to be lived not for self, but for others. In essence, the temptation that Satan placed before Jesus was to view life through the lens of contract and not covenant. A contract is conditional. Do this, and then I will do that. Provide this, and I will provide that. If I do this, I'll get that. Worship me, Jesus, and all the kingdoms of the world are yours, the tempter says. A contract is to protect and to preserve our interests so that we gain something in an exchange into which we give something. Now, if one party fails to come through, then the contract can be dissolved or there's a a penalty clause. If in the mindset of contractual living, then there's a cost for everything. And one can determine if the cost is worth it. it, Will I get the benefit before I enter into this contract? And here, I don't mean just simply economic transactions. It can be the basic stuff of human relationships. Do we keep a scorecard on what we've given and what we've received to one another? Do we call in debts that are owed to us? Or do we say, I'm not going to send a Christmas card to somebody because they didn't send one to me last year. That's living as if life was all about a contract. And there's covenantal living. As God designs it, 
to seek first the interests of the other. The way of Lent is the way of covenant. On our Lenten journey, as it begins, can we, will we, take a long, hard look at our relationships and our expectations in life? Do we live out of a sense of contractual or covenantal perspective? Each of these temptations that Jesus faces in his 40-day contest with the devil give him the chance to break covenant with God, but each time he refuses. The way of Lent is to draw us into considering what tempts us to break covenant with God and with those around us. What are the things that can stress or fracture or break relationship? Lent is a season when we can rediscover our God who loves us, no matter what we do, who stands by us even when we turn away, this God who dies for us so that we might have life. Jesus is God's covenant, God's promise in the flesh, a new sign, a new covenant. As Jesus went through the wilderness, he had a great deal to give up. Can we give up our unattainable expectations of ourselves, of others, of God? Can we give up our need to always have to be in control? Can we give up our hardened hearts for ones of flesh? Can we give all this up to the Lord who promises to take all these things and to make them new and then give them back to us? That's the promise. This is what our faith is about. It is to be willing to go into the wilderness with the Spirit and to face all that life sets before us and all that is within us, to face it and to stand firm with the promise that God will never, ever forsake us. Then, and only then, will we be able to see fully that gift of grace, that never-failing promise that comes to us. This Lent, let us look for those moments, receive them as grace-filled, and discover a richness that comes from being emptied. Lent can be a time of grace. How much of ourselves will we bring to this season? How far into the wilderness will we allow ourselves to go? It's a question. For you and for me, may we be blessed in this season as we live out our response. Thanks be to God. Amen. Whatever your race may be, who 
serve each other in Christ's love are surely kin to me. In Christ now meet both east and west, in him meet south and north. All Christly souls are one in him throughout the So that's all for today. I hope you've caught a glimpse of grace through this time. You're invited to join us for worship and fellowship Sundays at 10 a.m. at New Plymouth Methodist Church, the corner of Weardit and Powderham Street. Until next week, God's grace and peace be with you. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to www.accessradiotaranaki.com.